Hi, this is Rocco, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Exterminate. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Who better than Rocco the Cat to welcome you to the happy birthday James Marsters edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. It's TalkCast 96 from deep inside Area 51 Steampunk Convention. I am the Dome. And ooh, and there's an echo because somebody unmuted. <laughs> Joining the TalkCast tonight from the Revere Time Vortex, Cardboard Wrangler Kriana. It's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? From the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, it is our favorite undead co-host, the Dead Redhead. There is no snooze button on a cat who wants breakfast. From Outpost Gallifrey, Crop Circle Showroom, and Nymphomaniac Test Center in Upper Montclair, New Jersey, it's our own Captain Segway Awake by Java. And I am currently sitting in a Starbucks parking lot because of the th- free Wi-Fi. That's how high class this show is, folks. <laughs> That's how we roll. Free Wi-Fi from Starbucks. <laughs> well, Alrighty. I used to have an antenna on my shopping cart, but it got blown <laughs> off. Tonight we want to welcome some very special guests, some people we've known for a while. Susan and Everett Soros from Sky Pirates of Valandor Comics. Hi, guys. You're still muted. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Bueller? Susan? Okay. Sue? Sue? Hello? <laughs> oh, we got there it. You are. Yay! Sorry, it wouldn't unmute. Don't worry, I'm taking precautions. I'm wearing a pirate hat. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's got to be the very first time Everett's been unable to unmute. Oh, <laughs> I will not be censored. <laughs> <laughs> So in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about Steampunk, Sky Pirates of Valandor, and and some new stuff that's coming up for them. First half of the show, we have got some interesting stuff going on. And by the way, we are four, count them, four weeks away from our 100th podcast. Centennial, baby, yeah. And we have a very, very, very incredibly cool special show coming up for you in... Weeks. With no profanity Boy, whatsoever. whatsoever. I'm lying. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, if you were Pinocchio, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> My nose is yeah, cute. So Shut up. You <laughs> <laughs> did? I get censored on that one? I got bleep. I got bleep. <laughs> there is no bleeping on this show. Nobody gets bleeped on this show ever. 
There we go. <laughs> How do you think That's... we had Harlan Ellison on? <laughs> yeah. We go five minutes without Harlan Ellison cursing out someone? No. no. Is Harlan Ellison still alive? Uh, well, it depends on who you're talking to. If, if okay. you're talking to him, the answer is who knows. Maybe. <laughs> he evolved into a brain into a jar, and that's it. They well, absolutely. To like a Betamax or something. I'm not oh, sure he would sure disagree with that assessment. You may possibly be right there. Anyway, happy birthday, James Marsters. You're 49 today, and we are 96. <laughs> Spike is okay. old. <laughs> Spike is oh, old. Oh, but he's so hot. Nah. For an old guy. Given the chance. I wouldn't anyway. He looks kind of mean in person. <laughs> and I challenge you to come on the show to dispute that. I agree. Challenge, Mr. Marsters. Come Without on. Without charging show. us a hundred dollars. Good luck with that. <laughs> so what's going on in the world this week? Uh, let me see. I want to start off with the three networks. Actually, two of the three networks, NBC and CBS, showing how brilliant their new strategy is for the fall. Ready for this? The Munsters, Frankenstein, and Bewitched. What the hell? <laughs> Hold on a second. I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> cannot believe that I mean, this is the best that you... CBS could come up is this is this a re is this really that that unbelievable? I mean, yes. If no, it's not that unbelievable. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. If it worked forty years ago, fifty. Wait, hold on. The monsters sixty <laughs> years wow, wow, wow. ago. Fight me! Fight! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just shiny blast. Age fight! Age fight! Age fight! If no, it worked sixty years ago, try it again. Hey, because the television audiences haven't changed at all in the amount of time since the Munsters was on television. That was that show was in black and white, as was Be Bewitched. You know, it's I mean, in black and white. Right. Yeah, just two seasons were black and white. Yeah, absolutely. Is it going to be in it's black right. and white? Because otherwise, it's not. It's not right. Well, well wasn't Bewitched? I mean, wasn't weren't the later I seasons of Bewitched in color, in color, or did they colorize yeah, them? Yes, yeah, the second Darren was in color. Yep. Yes, that's right. But you know, I remember these, one these she, shows... she got a black rose or something, and it was important. The only thing about Bewitched I remember, other than she was not as hot as Jeannie. Damn right she, Damn wasn't. Right she wasn't. Why aren't we Why making that one? I dream of Jeannie. They couldn't get Wonder Woman to work. I dream of genie just ain't gonna happen. Feminists want to crucify anyone, anyone thinking a woman call a guy's master. So, hey, once Barbara Eden showed her belly button, that was the end. There's nothing more to see. Oh goodness, Western morals have gone into the toilet because someone showed a belly. Christ <laughs> <laughs> on a crutch. Once again, not for the very first time, but once again. Yeah. Yeah. So, Star Trek got a black female to kiss a non-human guy. So go figure. If any of them really do get into the the actual slate of shows, my guess is that none of them would make the whole season. 
Well, there are a couple of new good ones that are coming up that I want to see. Um, there's one about a river, and there's one that's like a grim fairy tale thing that I kind of want to see. Those will probably last all of like 1.5 episodes, but yeah, probably. It's called Happily Ever After, and they're trying to horn in on the fables talk about DC bringing fables to TV. So they're trying to cash in on fables popularity. You know, I have some of Fables. I haven't started reading it yet. Suggestions? Oh, oh you need to do that. You know, you know what's interesting though? Fables is is going to be made. Is is it going to be made into movies? It's going to be made into. It, the last rumor I heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was going to be a TV series. Okay, uh, but I heard that a movie studio was going to pick it up and try to make it into a Harry Potter franchise. I read that story. You know what? Mm. It, as long as they got the, they keep the same pacing and well, they can change some of the writing around. I wouldn't mind a few uh, quantum shifts to the left on some of the writing, but I wouldn't mind seeing it on the silver screen. There's definitely enough source material out there. All right, tell and me if I'm committing, committing comic sacrilege here, but the art really turns me off. Really? Oh my goodness! Really? <laughs> okay, so obviously committing comic sacrilege. I'm but, thinking, yeah, that's exactly what you just did. <laughs> but like, I don't know, I picked it up after reading Lock and Key for a while, and I was just like, ugh, it looks like Sunday comic books. You know, like comic strips on Sunday. Well, that's, I think that's what they're trying to get at, is to make it look happy and fairy tale-ish. And, and then have kind of timeless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it frankly can be done without, to be honest with you. If, I would like to see it on the silver screen, tell you the truth. I mean, Harry Potter is dead, buried in the ground. Thank goodness. Okay, okay. I, I just I just picked one up. I'm looking at it. It reminds me of Prince Valiant. That was the style they were shooting for. Oh, okay. Well, that style really turns me off, guys. Not sexy. Well... The really detailed work, that's that's kind of what they were looking for. I, ge I, I guess it's kind of detailed except for the faces. I don't know. What's happening on TV... Uh, oh, back to TV now, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. That's okay, because uh, one of the cool things that's happening on TV is Fringe, possibly one of the best shows. Yeah. Uh, oh, tell me it got canceled. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't uh, like it anymore. I'm just tired. Okay, here, here's here's the brilliant move that they've come up with. Let's have less of Peter on Fringe this coming season. Less Peter? That wait, wait. As long as there's more Walter, that's okay. No, it's not okay because for two seasons this show has revolved around Peter. Wasn't Peter the one phased out? Yeah, he's the one that was kind of killed. Editing. The end. Yeah. No, he was edited, edited out, of out, reality. out of reality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's edited out of the reality. So there's, you know, they they've taken this triumphant, triumphant, uh, triumph triumphant. Thank you. And they've turned it into a duality, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Although hey, now you've got like two different that? Walters. So are who they knows? bringing back? Or Leonard Nimoy, maybe? <laughs> wait, so, so, wait. I, I didn't see the end of last season. Walter Nitt stuck around? Yeah, at the end of last yeah. season, the two of them are together. They merge. They merge. Yeah. Well, 
Well, basically, both realities can meet neutrally without damaging the other reality. And this pocket room, uh, pocket reality, is kind of like the control room. And each reality can step into the control room at any time. But in the meantime of all this, Peter got edited out because he was originally designed to bring both sides into this room. Yeah. But, like a comic book, is he really gone? Who knows? Let's pick up the annual and find out. And he's the only one that can interact with the machine that can unite the two universes. Now, keep in mind, the more that you try to unite the universe, the more fractured it becomes. Right, because the, other, the alternate world is fracturing. It's destroying itself. Oh. oh. Do we care? Do we care? Yes. Oh. Oh. Okay. Let's see how the writing goes. Let's see how the writing goes, and we'll go from there and make our decisions. I don't know. I just never found Peter that interesting. Walter was always the cool one. He was a MacGuffin. He was the MacGuffin of the show, and that's fine. And now they're gonna find anyone. He wasn't. that he wasn't the real Peter. I really was intrigued by that, but then they kind of went downhill with it. I really want more of the story of, of what's going on with Walter. I really want more of that, because that's, that's where it's going to get interesting. I, yeah, Walter, I, I, Walter I, I is the only saving grace of Fringe. Fringe. I am absolutely I, hooked on that show. I watched two seasons in, like, three days. I was uh, Yeah, perfect. I watched them on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but the writing is so good. All I'm saying is give them a chance. Yeah. The writing and let's is see what they do phenomenal. With it. it keeps getting better each season. It's gotten better. Oh, yeah, can I? Can I possibly can I? first season was the weakest of all. Can I just can mention the, the books I've been reading this week? Because I've gone through three books in three days by the same author. Oh, cool. Um, the author is Melissa Marr. Um, she started off with a young adult series about fairies, but wait a minute, it doesn't suck. Okay. Wow, how's that possible? I know, I know, I know. It's really, really good. Not too long, not too short, not too... Is this your holdover from True Blood, Kriana? No, no, I thought True Blood did horrifyingly badly with the fairies. <laughs> the books? Yeah. The books? The TV, the TV show? show well, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, if they bring it back or not. If they don't bring it back, I'm going to say they did it okay. <laughs> um, but, no, it, it was really, really good. But I actually started off with um, one of her later books, which was her only book so far that was targeted at adults called Graveminder. And I'm working on a review for for it on the on the blog but I wanted to mention it too. Cool. It's just like one of those books that has like this really deep mythology but you never get as far into it as you want to and that's a good thing. Cuz you know how in Star Wars you never really knew as much about the Force as you wanted to but then once he told you you knew too much and then it wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. Okay. Someone popped okay. down on that one by using the phrase midi chlorians. Yes, exactly. That Actually, that's what I put in my review. I was like, midi chlorians. Okay, so like, it's exactly what she did not do. It was like the pacing was fabulous. Where like you were always like, oh my god, I've got to see what happens next. I got to see what they learn next. But it wasn't so fast that you learned too much. She didn't do an info dump. No, there. Well, I mean, there were a couple, but they were small. And yeah, yeah, she. 
it was it was actually really well done it was very well done and at the end you're like i kind of want a sequel but the story is tied up enough that she doesn't have to do a sequel but like i kind of want to know what what happens to these characters next like i still care you want more. I want more. And I actually want to have her on the show. So, Melissa Marr, I know you're listening. Um, we would love to have you on the show. Yeah. But really, seriously, I, then I started reading her young adult series. It's called Wicked Lovely. It's the first book and also the name of the series. Um, and it is, there's definitely fairies, but they're not stupid. It's just kind of awesome. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to explain why they're not stupid, but they're they're just not. They have like flaws. It's not like all these like oh amazing creatures who fuck with us, but they do. But um they do. But there there's actually like some development of fairy characters, and they're not omnipotent. And it's it's very interesting. It's not like I'm going to club and now I want wings. Woo. <laughs> Let me sprout some for you. Woo, I'm sparkly. Woo. (laughs) It's not like that. Don't sparkling, okay? (laughs) No more sparkling. But it's not like that. There's there's actually a lot of really good examination of of characters and how they would react in situations and human nature and things like that. It's very interesting. I'm looking forward to the the the, uh, review. And we will... uh, We'll talk about it when it goes up. That's awesome. Yeah, and when when she's on the show, eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Dead Redhead, my darling. Yes. This week's poll on our Facebook page. Ooh, what this was it? This poll, we asked everybody to name their favorite immortal. So we threw up some suggestions, like, because X and I were watching The Highlander, and we're like, oh, I wonder what everybody's favorite immortal was. So we came up with, like, the Highlander characters, and... Um, Wait, do, do vampires count? Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, we said Dracula. Uh, so, we actually had a four-way tie, believe it or not. Okay. Oh. Between. And these are, this is a very desperate group. Desperate in, in very far from each disparate, other. Disparate, so, not desperate. Disparate, thank you. <laughs> yes, disparate. Um, we have Duncan Idaho from the Dune series. Which is he immortal? I mean, I guess he just keeps popping up. They keep making clones of him or something, so he just keeps yeah. popping up and popping up. I'm um, sorry, that's not true in more Well, that's just a, a genetic Xerox machine turning out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that counts. Not I'm unless not sure. it downloads the entire personality, but if I remember right from the Doom books, it was a different personality each time. No, from what I understand, it's the whole personality, from what I was told. It's like he knows everything up to the point when the last one died or something. And he came up with, Herbert came up with some really embarrassing ways to kill this guy. Didn't he once get rolled over on by a worm or something? Yes, he did. Absolutely. <laughs> Squished by a worm. Squoosh. Well, himself to make up for it. So we also had the Phantom Stranger from DC yep. Comics. Cool. Yes, yes. You know that? Um... Dick Clark somehow made it into the top four as an immortal. <laughs> Wait, hang, hang on just a second. Alexander, are you on the call right now? I think he's muted. But I think, yeah. Uh, oh, hey. We were muted. We just we were here. Muted. Finally arrived. 
Cool. Then they were busy laughing at whenever it decided to f bomb us all. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. My. Why the fuck would that be a problem? How many f bombs can be dropped on this show? As many as you desire. Let me see. Charlotte Ellison laughing at the. Holds, holds the uh, the current record of 21, although Ben Bova came very close. Wait a minute. Come <laughs> on, I'm two. Let me get a mark. No, around. you're up to like four. I'm up to four. Do you think I'm on four? Yeah, yeah you're at four. <laughs> okay, um, we were also laughing at the fact that you said that it was the first time that uh, Everett Everett could, un- could not unmute himself. We were just laughing on that one. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So, so Dead Redhead, who yeah, are the other ones? The other ones. Yeah. And as I said, the last one I mentioned was the third one, which is Dick Clark, which I don't know how he's on. <laughs> <laughs> After every New Year's Eve special, they run him and, up and stick him back in the freezer. I know, I know. And then the last one, which I thought was really interesting, was Kenny from South Park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, two words. Two words. Lazarus, Lazarus Long? Long? Come on. <laughs> yeah, Lazarus Long. Yeah, he wasn't even on the list. There were like fifteen or sixteen others that what got like one vote apiece. So, those were the top four, believe it or not. What Captain Jack was... didn't make it there? No. Oh, jeez. Captain Jack is not oh, yeah. in there. Oh, what a great idea. Whoa, Captain Jack. Don't get How can we forget about Jack? Jack? The face of Bo. I guess he's not he technically like, immortal. He, he did immortal. die. He did die. Yeah, but it took him over 100,000 years to get there. That's true. That's pretty immortal. That's, that's damn close to immortal. I think that's, that's worth right. it. And he can keep dying, you know, and coming back, so... Oh, they put that to the test last night on uh, Torchwood. Oh, didn't they? Oh, my God. What <laughs> Not only did we rate a TMA rating because of Jack needed to get his dipstick wet. Ooh. Repeatedly. <laughs> I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't that. Gee, can we turn the day level down to three, maybe? No, no, three? no. Rev it up to 20, baby. 20, Woo! Baby. Bring Yonto Bring back. Yonto back. <laughs> hey, there's lots of things you can do with a stopwatch. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, my. Yeah, we're up to six now. I think red is his red color. Is yeah, I think you may be right. <laughs> But that that was perhaps one of the goriest episodes I've seen in a long time. Well, uh, he didn't pull out any organs, so that wasn't too bad. I did, no, but that that seven minute sequence. Well, he did kind of whip out an organ. Hey, 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 hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh. Uh. There goes the show again. All right, listen. <laughs> before, before we get God. Before we get totally, totally out of the realm of ridiculous, (laughs) I've got actually two fairly important things I want to talk about. Sure. First of all, uh, Woman of Wonder Day, which used to be called Wonder Woman Day, which is a charity put together uh, to uh, raise money for victims of domestic violence. It's not spelled with a Y, is it? Y, is it? No. No. (laughs) Don't worry. Okay. Why did they change the name? It takes place in uh, uh, Portland, Oregon, Flemington, New Jersey, and San Antonio, Texas. It is on uh, set on October thirtieth, twenty eleven. 
and it's called the Heroic Charity Event. The Wonder Woman Day events have raised over $100,000 for domestic violence charity programs. Now, Woman of Wonder Day is going to do the same in three cities. I really want to get the uh, the people who put this together on the show because uh, I just think it's an incredibly good idea and incredibly uh, wonderful, wonderful. I want to know why they changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> Probably I'm, I'm, for I'm, trademark, trademark infringement. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's I think they should have these people on the show and give them a medal. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, um, wow. DC should say, you know what? It's for a charitable cause here. Who's the name? Exactly. Well, they should, but they won't. they won't. What a bunch of fucks. Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're up to eight. Okay. Well, technically, I said that one. Oh, well, I got the fuck in before that. Oh, my God. You got another one. <laughs> now the the other thing that I wanted to talk about is a uh, is a program called the Hero Initiative, uh, which is an organization that raises funds for comic book creators, artists, and writers with medical expenses and other hardships. Um, at Dragon Con in September, uh, geek pinup model Rosalind Friday and photographer Edson Carlos have put together this incredibly gorgeous pinup and they printed the posters and 100% of the three dollars that they're asking for this poster is going to the hero initiative yeah I always buy their books whenever I see them in a shop or in a convention um, Marcus Faccio our first uh, New York Comic Con was there and we bought some of the stuff there that he was doing limited prints for, and you have Jara on the table. It's a really good organization. Absolutely is. Absolutely is. I'm going to have uh, links posted on the website to both of their web pages and both of the events. Please take the time to click through, take a look. Uh, they're two very, very, very worthwhile causes. And stuff. And stuff. And stuff. What stuff are you going to put there? Well, let's see. I think we're going to talk about your stuff now. <gasps> My stuff? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take a moment now to introduce four, there are four interesting people. We, Alexander, you're with us, right? Yes, and the owner of our company, Joy. And Joy's with you as well. Alexander and Joy Tambasia. And did I get that name right? Please tell me yeah. I got it right. Uh, Tambasha. Tambasha. The West Weather oh. remember how to say our last name is think of it this way. Tambasha. You'll never get it. <laughs> Yay, sheep. <laughs> sheep jokes. Okay. I like wool. By you. Or you can do it the way I learned it, which is Tambastard. And Susan and Everett Soares from Sky Pirates of Valandor. And we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about that's happening with Sky Pirates of Valandor. Don't we, Everett? Oh, holy crap, yeah. Uh, let's see, second series, it has been launched. Um, we're three issues in right now. How about you talk about what it's about first? Oh, okay. It's, it's, um, it's, um, 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 gosh, what's my favorite pitch for the show? Oh, yeah. It's a action-adventure, steampunk, 
fantasy sci-fi world where poor Captain Tight Pants, a.k.a. Cap Captain Tobin Mannheim, gets an easy job and he has to work with his ex-wife. <laughs> all fun ensues after that, after she slugs him. And that was the first series. The second series, the pitch is, hey, want some political intrigue in your life? No? Okay, then how about some guns? Here you go. And it's basically, it takes place in the world of Valendor, and it cycles around a crew of a ship and the adventures that they get hired for it. And they don't realize it yet, but a lot of the stuff is interconnected. And they're slowly finding out what the heck is going on behind their backs. And we're up to our second series, like I said, our issue three is on the table. Issue four is almost done pencil-wise, and issue five is done script-wise. And this series, is, our second series, is going to be six issues. And the sixth issue is going to be a big blowout where it's being narrated by one of uh, Dan's favorite characters, Brian. Now, those who aren't familiar with the character, Brian is the large bear that carries the even larger shotgun, the first mate. So the dialogue is being done by him, and we get to explore his character in the sixth book. And we get to explore uh, Toby's relationship with his strange father. So it's, it's quite delving into the characters this series. And I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait to start writing, this, you know, the sixth issue and start plotting out the third series. Because the third series, as a little hint, is going to be an all-out pirate war. Woo! Pirate war! <laughs> Yeah, Pirate War. So it's going to be very interesting. And I'm probably going to get yelled out a lot because I'm probably going to put quite a few two-page spreads in the next third oh series. Oh, God. I can't... Basically, sometimes I don't even use splash pages, but when I go big, I go two-page spreads. <laughs> I go, like, brightest day two-page spreads. Goodness. Oh, I'm Bigger's better. <laughs> and we've been doing this how long, babes? Since 2007. Yeah. I, I, I got reminded of the day that we sat at a table once with only one comic book and we danced up and down the aisles because we made $80 that day. How about when we used to go to shows and we had no, no comic, comic book? book? Would you like to buy a subscription to our non-existent comic book yet? We got our start in a contest called Small Press Idol. And so in 2007, we actually did a couple of comic book shows because part of Small Press Idol, just like... American Idol, you have to get people to vote for you. So we had no comic books yet. We were doing it in rounds. So the first round was the cover. The second round was characters. Third round was sequential pages. And then the fourth round, we actually had to pre-sell, pre-sell a book. We didn't have the physical book. We had to pre-sell it. And so we would go to conventions with nothing on our table except postcards Andy, and we were trying to get people to vote for us, and it was crazy. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of a free point. Yeah. People will, you heard the old expression, people will do the insanest shit for a t-shirt. People will buy comic books for a free point. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Hey, if you buy the comp, free, free order the comic book today, I'll give you a toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> Then our volume one launched in 2008, and we completed it in 2009. Then we went to trade on it, and then we launched 
Series 2 at the beginning of this year. And Series 2 is under the Jolly Rogue Studios, which is our own personal studio for the book. And hopefully down the line, you know, Sky Pirates isn't going to be the only book that we add to the studio's list. But that, <laughs> if I ever get my book published. If we ever get. That's another book. Uh, <laughs> we're also working on an anthology book based around the theme called Hmm, fireworks. Yeah, it's... Sorry, our neighbors are shooting each other again. Oh. Cool. <laughs> I'm back. Woo. Out the cannon. Hoist your colors and let them have it. But, <laughs> aside from comic books, the reason why we're on this show tonight is to make an announcement. Um, and I'm going to actually allow Alex and Joy to make, make that announcement. So I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll get Harlan Ellis one way or the other. Alex. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. So um, I'm Alexander Tambasher, and this is Joy uh, Tambasher. Uh, she she is the uh, owner and founder of Mecha Software LLC, and uh, we entered an agreement with uh, Everett. And Jolly Rogue Studios to uh, produce um, Pirates of Valor, uh, the video game. Woo! That sounds cool. Tell us about the features. Well, right now we're still in the design phase. Uh, we're planning to do the first launch on Facebook, and what we're planning to do is is that by people playing the Facebook game, we're going to have certain codes in it that when a desktop version is released. Those codes will be able to unlock features. So we get cheat um, codes, right? Because we're, cause if, we're if cool. You score, cool. If you score well enough. Aww. Sci Fi Saturday yeah. Night cheat codes? I think it worked. Hey. You never know. We could probably make it happen. <laughs> you, can, you only get the cheat codes if you listen to the show. Actually, only live. I'll type them into the chat room. That's right. Oh, I like that. <laughs> There's a plug-in for that, actually. <laughs> Perfect. You, you guys know I'm a game designer, right? Well, a fellow game designer. Yep. Uh, just got sick. Well, that's good to know. Um, right now, like I said, we're still in the design phase. Right now, we've had several meetings with Everett and Sue. We're still, we're still trying to understand how we want to translate the comic universe into a game universe, how we want to scope it. Uh, what we wanted, you know, the player to be able to do, the characters, I mean, um, it isn't just a simple, um, d d let's just throw it into a game engine and, and see what happens. We're actually trying to put some real good thought in this, because, especially in the Facebook game world, there's so many competitors out there where you have Empires and Allies, Farmville, and all these other type of games. We want to really make sure that Pirates of Valor has a really good reputation right out the gate. It's unique, it's fun, it's, um... It has all the features that people want want to play and hopefully do micro sales. And we're, we actually came up with a currency we call it Pirate Bucks. So we want people to buy Pirate Bucks so Everett and Sue can make some money out of this. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> Pirate booty. <laughs> oh, we all love our booty. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> or should I say, oh my? <laughs> I want to work with Batman someday. 
Everybody okay over there? Yeah, everything just went quiet. Oh. No, we thought you were going somewhere. Oh, we just oh, thought someone died. What, I want to mug George Decay? Sure, no problem, I can go there. Um... <laughs> so, what are, you, what are your thoughts about how the game's going to look, how the game's going to play? And Everett, what, what are your thoughts about what you want to incorporate into it? What I'd love to incorporate is to have people not only generate their own pirate captain, but also get the codes to possibly unlock characters that they use in the comic book. Like, mm. if you get to a certain level, you get the code to unlock Brian Springhammer or um, Mad Alex Axelrod, who has, like, ray guns on his ship or something. You know, I'd love to see a seamless interaction between the comic book and the game. And How did you guys get started with all of this? We met, believe it or not, in a drunken haze at Anime Boston. No, no, no. Oh, it was at a steampunk convention up yeah, in the Oh, Industrial Revolution, we met them. They just happened to come into our vending room, and they started talking to us, and then before you know it, we were having a meeting. So you never know what you find at a steampunk convention. <laughs> I knew a drunken haze was involved. But were we sober during that meeting? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, you were sober because you had the baby. We weren't. If you're sober during a meeting, you can never really accomplish anything. <laughs> I found that repeatedly. This is very true. Never sober. Don't tell anybody. No, it's not a secret. <laughs> well, if Nigel's there, it's definitely not a fucking secret. So, whoop, 11. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, the other thing that I wanted to announce... Well, they were getting... Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm going to Don't I'm derail. Jumping. I'm jumping ahead. Yes, you are. Okay, back up. Go ahead. They were asking Alex about the design. Oh, yes, that's right. So, oh. Alex, what are you thinking about for the design and the mechanics? As I well, right now, the 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 look and feel we're we're gonna actually try to utilize a lot of the uh, comic book artists to help try to draw some of the background stuff. So, so when people look at the comic book and they look at the game, they're they're not seeing a, a difference in the style. So we're trying. We want to keep the spirit of of the game. Uh, what is is that. The game, the game won't be a wonderful one um, thing from the book, comic book. Uh, working whatever we we feel is that it's kind of it has to complement, but we don't want people to read the comic or play the game and have the same storyline being repeated. So it's going to be a um, complimentary. Good, good, good choice with that, because then yeah. that gives them a reason to do all of it. Right. Exactly. exactly. It should be a and continuation or a spinoff spin or something like that. Well. What we're doing, we're doing the multi, the uh, multi-path theory. Uh, for those of you who aren't physicists, it's sort of like where every action you take, you spawn two paths, and that's path spawns two other paths. So, what we're work, whatever it is, is okay. Well, what happens if the captain did this? Well, you went, you went that way in the comic book. Then why don't we make the game look on if he chose the other path and yeah. and spread yeah. off there? That'd be interesting. Well, what happens when you overthrow the elven monarchy and the rebels become the leaders and? The ex-leaders become the rebels. So, you know, just to continue on with the current lines also. But in, in an alternate 
ending. Want an alternate? You people are just gonna kill me when it comes to writing. Yes, we're just gonna make you write and write and write and write and write. My poor fingers! I got bruises on my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, just you know, just chain me to the table and make me write porn. You know. That's why they invented dragon <laughs> natural speaking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can just see the people at iTunes now going, what are they talking about? Oh, my God. What are they talking about? To, the, to that lady who kept wondering why we keep saying fuck, uh, this is why. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I thought I was fucking around with That's fuck. 10. That's 13. That's 13. 13? Yeah, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so I have a question. I think it's really interesting that on both sides of this, we have a, we have two married couples working on this. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, that's what they call it, marriage? I thought it was called uh, imprisonment. Oh! Don't oh. fuck it up. Glad I'm not over there with you. <laughs> Al, oh my god, Alex, you're in so much trouble. Hey, hey, when, every time I get deployed <laughs> to Afghanistan, they say, am I worried about being a POW? I said, no, I've been married for 10 years. Oh! That's, that's okay. You know what? I'm lowering your, uh, your allowance now. <laughs> what, what, what's uh, one minus zero? <laughs> I can honestly say... A repossession of your car? It is the hardest thing to work with your wife because the disagreements we have originally when I started writing the comic book Sue never read comic books so I only changed my scripts over to her and if she got the script the concept of what was going on with the script then I went ahead and said okay it's a good script but since she's grown and learned everything oh my fucking word the shit storms that I've watched this doesn't work would that character do this? That artwork, it's like, oh, Jesus, I created a <laughs> monster. So, on the flip side, I'm giving him honest feedback because Everett and I have always had a very open and honest and very well-communicated relationship since the moment we started dating. So I can give him honest feedback, and he may get pissed off at me, and we may argue about it, but he'll go back to the keyboard, and he'll rework that script, and let me tell you, it will come out amazing. You just want it to be good. Good. Yeah, exactly. You know, here's my thing. <laughs> when we started this back in 2006, I said to him, if I'm giving you money, Everett, you better freaking do this and do it right. So, I'm not going to throw away money and have it just be another wasted hobby that sits on the shelf. I want it to be done right because this is big money that we're spending here. Yeah. And so I really think that we have come become closer by working together? And um, I slept on the couch a couple more times than I really want to. Now, on the flip side, on our side, is being the game designer and, and Joy is a digital artist, is, see, we don't argue. She just, see, I give her a game design and she takes everything to name very literally and she'll give me things that are very embarrassing at times and her comment was, you didn't specify in the game design. So, <laughs> I just don't argue, but I get some of these very disturbing images from her from what she interprets in the game design so it's, it's especially when um this one one time very early in the stage of the company was the one time that 
he gave me a, a script that said the character needs to be a drop dead, uh, drop dead gorgeous woman with all the bells and whistles. You can imagine what she was wearing. <laughs> yes, I can. Nothing. No, she had bells and whistles. See, the one thing in the game design, when you work with video games, is your artist to look at the game design, and they're very literal. What it says on paper is what they give you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was working with Andrew Czar for uh, Dark Brain Comics. And one of the panels reads, Lisa is in the bathroom taking out a sexy teddy from the back. Now, sexy teddy as in lingerie. <laughs> you got a little bear there? <laughs> Uh-oh. In a corset. Female teddy in a corset. And then my response was going, oh, great, we're going into the furry aspect of the work, aren't we? <laughs> Oh awesome. my. <laughs> <laughs> We just picked up a new audience. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And we started this out talking about sheep, I remind you. Bad humor. Okay. I can't stand the Nine furry. times out of ten, someone will come up to our booth at an anime show and ask, Is your book a furry book? My response is, fuck off, it ain't a furry book. It's because, <laughs> furry, you know, I'm not trying to knock them, they have their thing, but it has a negative connotation. Now. And I don't want our book to be associated with that negative connotation. Now, mind you, I can deal with them asking me if it's a furry book, because I've grown a thick skin about that. Okay. But, at one anime show... When Sue wasn't at the table, this kid walks up to the table, and he looks like he just dropped out of the Mormon church. Tie, crew cut, sh shine shoes, everything. The kid looks like he just came from Bible study. Picks up the book, looks at it, leans in close to me and whispers, this is a dipping book with a smile on his face. Creepy. Hey, <laughs> just very creepy, yes. That is creepy. I told him, go home. And tell your mother never to reproduce again. <laughs> <laughs> Holy God on a stick. It's like a yipping book? I had to go home and Google that shit, okay? <laughs> when I found out what it was about, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. I need to cross off a whole crap load of questions here. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, drop the shit about furries. Got it. Okay, go on. Sorry. You don't need to really come out with any questions. Just one question. I'll go off on a tangent. He kind of just takes off. It's just, I've Chaos never, theory. I never thought doing a comic book it was going to open my life up to all these experiences. <laughs> For every negative thing, I can tell you two positive things. Because, you know, the brightest moment of my life was when someone walked up to me at New York Comic Con and said, we Googled your book, we read you in the program, we Googled your book, we're here to buy books. I'm a Ooh. Ooh. At New York Comic Con, when there's like 500 people on that list. You That's know, it's not like it was a 20 wow. artist alley, it was New York Comic Con. 
and that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, that is that is kind of like the best. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's, it's kind of like when people walked up to us at Boston Comic Con and goes, you know, I've heard you guys. Yeah, and they weren't people we'd previously talked to. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was kind of like, holy shit, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's that point you realize you know just what's going on and and just you know that you're actually getting out what you wanted to get out. <laughs> and that's kind of why we do we've taken a new strategy this year with promoting our book and the conventions that we do. We've kind of gotten away from doing the comic book conventions, and we are starting to do the science fiction, the anime, and we've really focused on steampunk this year because our book obviously is a steampunk comic book, and there is not anybody out there, doing, <laughs> no, doing conventions. Mm. I'm not independent, small press. Okay. Steampunk. Doing conventions. If, you know, there are some titles that are out there that are mainstream. Um, of course, there's Phil Folio, who does Girl Genius, um, that's the king of steampunk, as far as I'm concerned, for comics. Um, but there are no one out there, so it's kind of like we are the steampunk comic book for the small press. And it's, it's awesome. Then we're going to have to start doing gaming shows. No, that's that's fair. The only thing that I can remember lately that has anything to do with steampunk with comics other than something like what you guys or Phil Folio is doing is they were putting out this kind of artsy book called Victoriana Secret, believe it or not, yes, that's what it was called. And it was like just an art book. It right. wasn't a story, it was nothing. Right, and the same thing came out, um, we went to a signing for Dr. Grimm, um, and he was involved in a book called A Thousand Steampunk Creations. And it's a, basically it's an art book of all different... Um, areas of culture. So there's fashion, there's gadgetry, there's everything in this book. It's literally a thousand images um, of all different aspects of steampunk. And it's a wonderfully put together book by Corey Books. But as far as comics, you know, it's, it's really strange. I've met, I'm a publicist um, by freelance, and I work with different comic book creators. And I've met a couple of comic book creators that were doing steampunk books. And I told them, you guys got to get out to the steampunk shows because it's—I really don't see that the comic book shows for us is where our profit is. Go west, Mule Skinner. Go west. You know, people that attend those—they're great to to get our visibility out there. But everyone's here for Marvel and DC. Yeah, but what are we going to do when the game comes out? We're going to have to. You know, you know I think I think the notable exception to that would be Boston Comic Con. I don't feel like many people were there for Marvel or DC. Maybe I'm wrong. Here, I have to say, we've been doing Boston Comic Con since the very beginning. And we've had good Boston Comic Cons, and we've had... Three so, people Comic Con. Not, not so good Boston Comic Cons. Um, but this year, I don't know what it was, but people were independent and small press crazy this year. We made they were, yeah. First day. It was fucking madness. It was, it was, it was <laughs> Nineteen. Um, Jim has worked really hard to build that show up, and we do it every single time. Whether we have a good one or a not so good one, we will continue to do that show because Jim, I think, has really focused on what a good show should be, and he's building, he's growing, leaps and bounds. He grew out the Western waterfront in one show. 
that is so freaking awesome. Like, I don't know. Jim, Jim is amazing. Yeah. And, and we'd like to slip in that Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no <laughs> conflict of interest here. None whatsoever. But do you guys have any other questions about the game itself? Because that was really the reason why we were coming on to the show. To make that announcement. It's a fairly cool announcement. Oh. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Wait, no, I've done that. I've done that interview many times. There was a robot. Your boobs are nice. Robot with boobs? No, no, see, you see, I'm unfortunately well known for being able to conduct an interview like this, but when I have a, a, a young lady from, oh, I don't know, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Battlestar Galactica. Kramer! Kramer! Nelling. Yes, thank you. Oh, that was what I had that I was forgetting! Claire Kramer and Nicholas Brendan are having like a joint birthday party. I'm somehow on her mailing list now. <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. Good for you. Ooh, a mailing list I'm on is to keep the fuck away from someone. In any case, uh, I have a tendency to, to kind of stare rather than actually have a question at that point. So what's the... I'm sorry. I mean, you know what? I've got eyes. You're going to dress up like poison? Moving on. <laughs> so, Ale Alexander, what's the, what's the time frame look like right now for the uh, Facebook uh, game? We're still in design phase, and I don't want to do a Duke Nukem here and give a date and have us miss it. Um, <laughs> Duke Nukem, Diablo, whatever. Diablo three, Warcraft. Wait, wait, can we talk for a minute about how lame Diablo three is gonna be? No. Oh. As as an independent game developer, it's not good to make fun of people who make more money than us right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then who do you get to make fun of? No offense. And the other independent game developers who make games who suck, like bunnies must, like Space Bunnies Must Die, uh, Jinx Games, we can pick on them all we want. <laughs> ah. Don't pick on Blizzard because they're right. bigger Space Bunnies Must Die? Yes, made yeah. by Jinx Software, and uh, they're, not we, they're not around anymore, so we can pick on them all we want. <laughs> Here you go. Okay. <laughs> um, to answer your question, we, we're still in the early design phase, working with Everett and Sue, and we got to work with the artists. And once we actually know the game design, how we want to design the game, and, and we actually bring our, our programmers, our voice actresses online, our voice actors online, our game models online, mm -hmm. and actually start doing the work breakdown structure, then we can actually give a date. But if I give a date now, just like, you know, back when they said, Duke, oh, Duke Nukem, uh, Forever will come out in 1988. Yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> what year is it now? Oops. <laughs> oops. Yeah, well, oops. Yeah. <laughs> you know who <laughs> makes great voice actors? Podcast yeah, hosts. Podcast. <laughs> That's hosts. right. We do. We do make really, really <laughs> good voice actors. Next software, every Anime Boston and every Anime USA, we have open casting for voice actors and voice actresses that we open up to the public. And... Uh, and other ones like artists and uh, game models. Game models. B okay. <laughs> game models. Awesome. I'm there. Oh, you meant game. <laughs> I heard gay. Sorry. 
if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Mecha Software, you'll see our our announcement for the inter- intern casting call that we have for Anime USA. Uh, we actually have some of the best art, voice acting talent is from the fans that we pull from the cons. Um, uh, the name some few very famous ones that actually we find are very famous. We have Carl Custer, who is also known as Uncle Yo. We have Jess Popsill, who is one of the world famous uh, um, and award winning Resident Evil cosplayers. She's known for doing Joe cosplay. Uh, we have Erica Shore, who's also a pub- who's also been published uh, as a writer, and she's also known for her um, uh, One Piece cosplays. She's she's won awards on that. Side. One Piece. We have a lot of great talent in our company. I'm intrigued. Didn't say how big it was, Crayon. Uh, <laughs> true. One <laughs> Piece could be very tiny. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I need to be in the casting decision when you start working on uh, game models for Shinny, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I would think that Joe wants to get in on that as well. Uh, We have Erica who's going to be here, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Um, she was on because Shinny has boobs. Fuck, I need to create more female characters. I have those! (laughs) Here's my problem. I'm looking at Erica right now. Hello! One. Which Erica? Erica Shore. Oh, uh, no. We're actually. Look, look at, look. Erica Briggs. She's the one who's going to be Shanine. Uh, Erica was... Shore is going to be. Is going to be Gears. If you were looking at her Facebook page, she's the one that's in the cop outfit. Oh, he's not looking at her face, honey. Yeah, Erica Shore is going to be Gears, um, the wife who shot the cat. Ex wife. Ex wife. I'm feeling slightly maligned, but not really. I'm good. <laughs> I need to create more female characters. With, with boobs! Hey, 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 enough. Hey. We're good. I like good. boobs. <laughs> before, before we... Before, yes, thank you. Before we, uh, before we move out into the uh, ether waves, uh, Susan, you there? Yeah. Can we talk a little bit, just very quickly, about the Great New England Steampunk Exhibition, Absolutely. September 16th, 17th? Um, Please. The great, the great New England Steampunk Exhibition is September 16th to the 18th, and it's at the Courtyard Marriott in Pittsburgh, Massachusetts. Um, it's the end of the line. <laughs> Um, and it's going to be fabulous. It's a three-day show um, featuring Abney Park, who is a top-rated steampunk fan, doing a, a two 45-minute set on um, Saturday night that is all-inclusive. Um, also featuring Phil Folio, um, who will be there all weekend and doing panels. And our other guest of honor is Steve Miller and Sharon Lee, who are um, award-winning small press um science fiction writers. And we have a whole bunch of other um, artists and performers. Our vendor room and our artists is over 50 count. Um, So we got enormous, um, enormous participation in this. We've got um, Frenchie and the Punk. We have got, oh my god, it's a whole list. It's it's crazy. Um, We have entertainment going on from the moment you get there on Friday morning going till 2 o'clock in the morning. We've got fire dancers that are going to be in the parking lot. Um, 
Yeah, wow. it's crazy. Fire dancers! I'm so down with that. Yeah, yeah really. they're going to be performing at night as you go coming back from the evening performances. Because Friday night there's going to be a vaudeville and burlesque show. Ooh, Ooh burlesque. Yeah, vaudeville and burlesque. So we're going to have performers there on Friday night um, doing comedy, burlesque, um, musical performances. Um, it's it's going to be three hours of great, four hours of great entertainment. And then we're having an after party after that um, till two o'clock in the morning, which is when the hotel has to shut down the bars. But So we're having a DJ come in. His name is Dr. Stu, doing the DJing from 12 to 2 a.m. And then on Saturday night, it's going to feature um, Adney Park is the headliner, but it's friend, um, Frenchie and the Punk and Walter Stickert and the Army of Broken Toys is the opening act for Friday night, and that goes from 8, 8, or 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Um, so we're not going to sleep. We're not, yeah, we, <laughs> we just decided we're not sleeping the whole weekend. Woo! So it's great. But mm. for the people that have not been to steampunk shows, they are very fun um, because the steampunk community is very open. No one is shut out. No one is not accepted for their costumes. There's no rules with steampunk. So Will there be furries there? No furries. I hope not. I've never seen a steampunk furry, and I hope we've never seen one. Let's edit that part out of this podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like now I'm going to come as a furry, just to prove you wrong. <laughs> 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 like a furry with a monocle. Oh my. Oh. Bring Steve, too. Steve. Steve in the box. is just very open, and um, they're just, everyone talks to everybody else, and it, it's a lot of fun. It's really, really a lot of fun, and I would encourage you if you can come to come, because you'll have a phenomenal time. And with any luck at all, you'll be able to meet us there as well, because our plan is to be there with you, my dear. Yay! Yes. Woohoo! Um, and if anyone wants to buy tickets, this phenomenal event. Our website is www.tgnese.com. Oh, you don't for a minute believe it's not already on our website, do you? <laughs> oh, cool. And any, any female who wished to uh, dress up as Slave Leia and do belly dancing, I will pay hard cash. Oh, there's going to be belly dancing. <laughs> but are they going to be dressed as Slave Leia? I don't know. but there's. And I'll be standing right next to you, so there's no problem there. We're going to have a lot of ones in our pot. We're even having a steampunk opera on Sunday. A steampunk opera. It's phenomenal. What is it? Faust? It's uh, Gulliver's Travel. Oh, oh something like that. <coughs> oh, nice. nice. I mean, we seriously need to think about doing our show from the press tent that night. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what press tent? We're going to do something. Yeah, just walk around. It's crazy. God help us. I think I think that's exactly what we're planning on doing at this point. It's gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> and I'll have the rum. I wanna thank Susan and Everett Soros for what's been a fairly uh bizarre but didn't beat the uh F bomb count. Yeah, quick Everett, one more, one more. Fucking F bomb fucking count. Yeah. There we go. Twenty one, we're good. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 Tell Harlan Ellison has to come on and do it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Joy and Alexander Tambashia from uh, Mecca Software LLC. 
talking about Sky Pirates of Valandor and the uh, new Sky Pirates Facebook video game happening soon. The Great New England Steampunk Convention happening on September 16th, 17th, 18th in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. All of you steampunkettes in New England, come out there, meet us, join us. It sounds like one hell of a great time. Mm. And you know what that means, don't you? Priyana. Oh, crap. That means I have to put the thing on the thing and do my thing like I'm supposed to be doing all the time. Like, the, this thing. There we go. There's the thing. All right. Our coming up calendar. Next week, we have Josh Emmons of Four Star Studios and Double Feature Comics about digital comic distribution. On September 3rd, the Dead Redhead will be giving an overview of the third annual Exeter, New Hampshire UFO Festival. On September 17th, and Travis, I hope to see you there. On September 17th, <laughs> on September 17th will be our 100th show with special guest host Peter Vinton. Tune in for all of the surprises. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Please visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's, out tonight's outro music provided by Zanoise. Please pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Do. I want to thank our guests tonight, Susan and Everett Soros, and Joanne Alexander Tambashia. And uh, from. Uh, oh my God, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're time vortex yeah, now. We are. Thank you, Kriana. <laughs> you're welcome. And thank you for having us. In Manchester, New Hampshire. Dead Redhead, it is so wonderful when you're with us. Ah! <laughs> Somewhere in Outpost Gallifrey at the uh, strip club named Desire. Java's <laughs> out there. This is Tome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Holy zombie Jesus!